Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, Great to be with you today and great to have you guys along for the ride today. Don't forget, if you miss the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're available. Just uh, search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison and you'll find us there. Uh, Lots of news, both football and basketball to get to. Indiana and Western Kentucky coming up what I think will be a competitive game for the Hoosiers and really a test for the Hoosiers on Saturday before they take a notch up and take on Cincinnati coming up here just down the line. But uh, an interesting matchup for the Hoosiers. High school football moving into the midway point this weekend. And IU yesterday announced that they're going to have the same day as the Hoosier Hysteria, the annual Hoosier Hysteria event, uh, they are going to have a first-ever pro day, uh, which will give IU players the opportunity to showcase uh, in front of and for NBA scouts. So we'll talk some about that coming up a little bit later today. That Let's take a look at the show lineup for this Thursday program, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some news and notes some daily headlines from around the area that we'll take a look at to start the show. And then later in the hour, uh, it's Tuesday, Thursday rather. So on Thursday, normally Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is our guest for the latest on IU basketball. Alex is out today, and he's going to be replaced by Tyler Tockman of the Indianapolis Star. So Tyler will be with us today. We'll catch up on hoops. We'll also preview IU Western Kentucky football uh, and more with Tyler when he joins us today. Later in the show, Josh Cook is with us. We did not have a Wednesday show. Josh normally joins us Wednesdays to talk high school football and local sports this time of year. Instead, Josh is with us here on this Thursday. And that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's uh, take a look at the Thornton's text line. This is your reminder. If you want to send in a question, a comment, a thought, you can do so. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And you can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Let's get into some headlines for today. 
lots from a basketball perspective here uh, for a off-season Thursday. Indiana, I mentioned, announced on Friday, October 7, about three weeks from tomorrow, they are going to hold their first-ever Pro Day, uh, which, what is a Pro Day? It's a pro-style combine that will take place in the afternoon. Uh, the players will have an opportunity to uh go through these drills and this workout in front of NBA scouts and personnel. Uh, the press release that came out from Indiana said that uh, personnel from all 30 NBA teams would be invited. And I think it makes sense. Indiana's got a team right now with a lot of players that either will or have NBA hopes at some point in their time at Bloomington. Uh, also, Mike Woodson is an NBA guy, so this is a way for him, I think, not only to help the current guys get seen by NBA folks, but to use this as a recruiting tool, that he's going to make Indiana a place where you can come and play for a year or three years or four years and get seen by NBA scouts. And with his connections to the league, obviously, I think this makes a lot of sense. A lot of programs have done this for years. I think Kentucky may be the original program that offered a pro day for their student athletes. But essentially, it's an open practice. It's a workout designed to do things in front of NBA scouts that they want to see. And so obviously Trace Jackson Davis is going to be at the top of the list on some pro workout like this. But again, there are a lot of guys on the roster this year that either will or have the potential to play professional basketball, whether it's the NBA or the G League. Of course, overseas is a good option as well. And even think about Jalen hood Shafino, a freshman coming in. I mean, he's going to have some eyes on him uh, from the pro level, I believe, right away. And so this is a chance for him before he ever steps foot on the court for an official game for the Hoosiers to get a little exposure and to be seen. And I think this is a really good move for IU basketball. So obviously, uh, it comes on a busy weekend. That is homecoming weekend for football and uh, it's also Hoosier hysteria so the pro day is going to just add to a, a growing list of activities that weekend but uh, obviously uh, good news for IU for its current players and I think every bit as important as this announcement is for the current IU roster uh, this is important for a recruiting tool also uh, as IU is in the middle of some big recruiting battles right now speaking of recruiting for IU basketball some notes to pass along today first and foremost Aaron Arrington Page, who is by far and away the number one prospect of interest for the Hoosiers right now, uh, he announced a top four on Wednesday. Indiana in that top four. Also Cincinnati, USC, and no surprise that Miami, who Page recently visited there as well, they are in his four as well. It's thought that he's going to make a decision sometime in the coming weeks, potentially sometime in the month of October. Uh, Jeff Rabjohns was with, us, was with us on Tuesday and was very candid that he thought Indiana still had a chance for Page, who is really their last big target in the 2023 class. However, uh, he noted that other schools like Miami had made up a lot of ground with Page and had also a chance and maybe could be considered the favorite to land him as well. So Arrington Page has Indiana in his top four, but ultimately, will he pick Indiana? We'll just have to wait and see. Also, I wanted to mention that, you know, we're getting late in 2023 recruiting. And Indiana did get two early commits in Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton from down in Georgia. 
But even though the names are leaving the board, it, it seems left and right. Other commitments uh, eliminating from Indiana from some of the list. I know fans get a little edgy with this stuff, but I saw yesterday uh, someone say that North Carolina State and Indiana uh, had been in recently to see a seven-foot player named Braden Pierce. Uh, so, again, he's a new name. I'd never had heard of this name before. He's from Atlanta and plays at IMG Academy down in Florida. So, even though it's late, the way recruiting works, there's going to be some late changes. There will be coaching changes in the spring. And now with the transfer portal and how crazy the world of college basketball, really football and sports are in general these days, uh, there will be a lot of late activity. So is Indiana where they probably want to be in 2023? No. But uh, And if they don't get Paige, will it put them behind the eight ball a bit? Yes. Uh, but definitely some opportunities ahead to still add to that class. But Arrington Page has been the big name now for three or four months that Indiana has tracked. He's been on campus. And uh, we'll see ultimately when he makes his decision coming up here in the coming weeks if Indiana is the choice or if Miami beats out the Hoosiers for his services. Also, in 2024, a recruiting note, five-star forward, Asia Newell. He has scheduled an official visit to the Indiana campus. This will be Newell's second trip to Bloomington. He was uh, over in the, at Assembly Hall for in uh, the team camp back in June, and that's when Indiana offered uh, Asia Newell a, uh, a scholarship offer. But Newell will be back on campus in October. Uh, you might remember Newell's a six foot nine forward. He attended Fort Walton Beach uh, High School as a sophomore and then transferred to Montverde, where Jalen Hood Shafino and other IU guys recently have come from. So he's uh, down there where Indiana's had a sweet spot in recruiting recently. One other recruiting note to mention a new scholarship offer out recently. Indiana earlier this week offering 2024 wing forward Tyler Betsy and uh, IU was there to see him on Tuesday night. He is from out on the East Coast and uh, received an offer from Indiana over the weekend. He's a native of Connecticut and a student at St. Thomas More, which is one of the prep schools up east. Also, a couple local notes and an IU football note still to pass along. I thought this was really good. Uh, New Albany and Floyd Central, boys and girls, will play soccer later tonight. And in recent years, that game has been a breast cancer awareness night. The teams wear pink jerseys. There's some fundraising done that benefits the study of breast cancer, the support of breast cancer. But a pretty neat story that Indiana... I should say New Albany and Floyd Central specifically, uh, and are going to uh, support suicide awareness tonight. There was a student uh, named Ella from Grant Line Elementary here in New Albany that uh, some years ago uh, and is, it, it, it committed suicide, and they're going to uh, honor her at, at this special game uh, tonight. So neat to see the rivals on the field hook up and uh, some of the activities be in honor of somebody so special to uh, them as youngsters in our community and obviously to kind of create uh, a little extra to the game between two rivals. So New Albany and Floyd Central tonight, the girls at 6, the boys play at 8 at the Green Valley Elementary School, the brand-new soccer field New Albany has, a very first-class facility. But need to see a little extra there, and kudos to everybody involved in making that happen. But there's been some really good high school soccer uh, games and rivalry games, some close games lately, and of course New Albany and Floyd Central should be a good one when the girls and the boys hook up a little later tonight.
tonight. Also, IU football will talk more about their big game with Western Kentucky coming up on Saturday. A real challenge, I think, for the Hoosiers before they head out to face Cincinnati the following week and then get into Big Ten play the rest of the season. Uh, for the Hoosiers, the Big Ten Network tailgate show will be at Indiana before the game for the first time since 2019. So a little uh, extra for the IU football game as well. The marquee show of the Big Ten Network. They will be checking out all the tailgate setups in Bloomington. And I tell you, you know, the crowd at Memorial Stadium isn't always one to be super proud of. It's not the best environment in college football. Think about all the great traditions of the Big Ten Conference and the great crowds that pack in some of these huge stadiums every week. Indiana, on a regular basis, would not fit that the standard. I don't think there, anyone would argue that. But I tell you, the tailgate uh, crowd in Bloomington is good. It's kind of a, a unique setup where tailgating, in fact, for some people, is more important than the, actually, the actual game itself. But Bloomington has been known and kind of developed the reputation of having a really unique tailgate setup and a lot of support for that. And so the tailgate show, it uh, fits in well, will be in Bloomington this weekend before the IU Western Kentucky game. And again, I think a challenging game for Indiana this week. Uh, Western Kentucky is a solid football program. Indiana knows that program very well, and this is a big one for IU before they gear up for some much tougher tests coming ahead. After the first half start against Idaho last week, uh, obviously I think anything is going to be a, an interesting challenge for Indiana. So uh, be curious to see how this Indiana team responds after a, a very poor start to the Idaho game last week in advance of this Western Kentucky game on Saturday. Uh, that's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. Come back with Tyler Tockman of the Indianapolis Star. Also still ahead in the program on this Thursday show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. And I mentioned this yesterday, the Harvest Hoop Fest 3x3 outdoor tournament is at uh, Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park in New Albany on Saturday. It's an event of Floyd County Parks and Recreation, also tied in with the Harvest Homecoming Festival that's upcoming as well. 47 three-on-three teams will compete on Saturday. Games start at 8.30 a.m. at Kevin Hammersmith Park. That's home of Romeo Court and the Phillips Covered Court, two of the nicest outdoor basketball facilities that I have ever seen. So if you want to see some basketball on Saturday, check out the Harvest Hoop Fest three-on-three outdoor tournament. We'll head to a commercial break. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Thursday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Tyler Tockman of the Indianapolis Star with us now uh, to talk some IU basketball, football, and more. And, Tyler, before we talk about the Hoosiers today, congratulations to you. A new job transitioning from inside the hall to the Indianapolis Star. And uh, it's great to talk with you as a member of the Indy Star staff. 
No, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Tyler has filled in over the years for Alex Bozich here in this segment on Thursday. Alex is out today, so the chance to catch up with Tyler. I want to start with basketball, Tyler. Indiana announced yesterday that they are going to have their first ever pro day uh, where all 30 NBA teams will be invited, staff and scouts from those uh, programs to watch Indiana's players go through a series of workouts on the same day as Hoosier Hysteria, Friday, October seven this is something that's become standard for some programs in college basketball if my memory serves correct i think kentucky was the first to offer a pro day what does this mean for trace jackson davis and some of the other players on the roster no yeah i mean i think it's a huge opportunity and one that um you know i would presume uh players are going to get feedback of of what uh, what they need to do in terms of working on their game and, and, and wanting to get to the next level. And, you know, I think beyond beyond Trace, you know, there's a lot of guys on the roster you look at that, that have, um, you know, NBA potential that maybe haven't gone through the, the NBA draft process yet, like like Trace has, like, you know, someone like Jordan Geronimo, Tamar Bates. Um, you know, I, I think that this can be, very beneficial for them just to get in front of NBA scouts and, you know, potentially get some feedback. So, you know, when you're looking at, as far as recruiting too, I think it's a big piece because, uh, you know, most kids coming in have the aspirations of, of wanting to get to the NBA. And if you can kind of market that as, look, you know, w- you know, we want you to come to Indiana to win, but at the same time, we want to prepare you to get where you want to go. So I think, you know, having a pro day kind of fits in with all that. Can the Pro Day, if it becomes an annual event, and I suspect it might, uh, can it help recruiting as well? Does this help Mike Woodson's pitch that not only is he a former NBA guy with connections and the know-how to get a player ready for the NBA with the development that it takes, but he's got also the opportunity to showcase his players in front of NBA coaches and staff? Oh, yeah, I think for sure. Um, You know, I I think – the more information that that players get, the more feedback they can get. Um, you know, the, the more they can just get in front of evaluators, I, I think the better it is for them. Um, and, and, you know, as, as you continue on the recruiting trail, not only um, does Mike Woodson have the NBA credentials, what we've heard, you know, recruits talk about that they like about him, um, but, you know, having that experience in the NBA. But um, now you kind of have something more tangible as well. To the pro day with you know you you can definitely I think market that to recruits and saying you know not only do we have a head coach uh, with, with experience in the NBA but you know we're also going to have NBA guys uh, on campus you know you know to to give you um, to give you feedback and I, and I think it said you know all thirty or all NBA teams uh, we're going to have scouts that were at least invited so you know at least you know they're putting the word out there um, to try to get a, as many as as possible in there. Talking with Tyler Tockman, he's with the Indianapolis Star and joining us today in place of Alex Bozich. Tyler, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the Big Ten schedule and the draw or the uh, dates, the, the how it laid out for the Hoosiers when things were announced last week. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, great uh, deal for Indiana. Their first two Big Ten games early on in December are Rutgers and Nebraska. Uh, that, you know, it could be a lot worse. And while that could possibly be true, while that could possibly be true, excuse me just a second. While that could possibly be true, um, I'm sorry here, got to 
technical problem here. Just one second. While that could possibly be true, Tyler, um, we have. Um, um, I think some people would tell you that the the way things worked out for Indiana schedule-wise with the Big Ten, uh, much more difficult than a lot of teams. Illinois expected to be one of the contenders near the top of the conference. They've got a much easier draw than Indiana, uh, but the Hoosiers have a very tough draw. So overall, do you agree, and I'm sorry I got distracted here, someone walked in, but overall do you agree that Indiana's position in the Big Ten as far as scheduling goes is much diff- much more difficult than so many other teams. Yeah, and, and to me the big thing is um, not only is Indiana's, I mean, it, it's almost a given every year that the Big Ten schedule is going to be difficult. I think this season um, Indiana got an especially tough draw, but um, you know, I think that's something that just playing in this league that you know you're going to you know you're going to have to play a good team. But I think what you know what really makes it more difficult in my eyes is that how hard a, ske- a non-conference schedule IU is playing. You know, um, earlier in the season. So not only do you have the tough Big Ten schedule, but you also have the really tough non-conference schedule before that. You know, you're playing at Kansas, you're playing uh, North Carolina at home, you're going on the road to Xavier, you're playing Arizona uh, in a neutral site. So it's not the type of deal where maybe last like last year Indiana's kind of cruising through a majority of the non-conference and then you're going to get to to the tough part of the schedule but you know it's going to be almost right off the bat Indiana is going to be playing really really good teams so um, I think to me that's what kind of makes overall in general the schedule so difficult is that it's not just the draw they got in the Big Ten but it's also all the teams that they're going to be playing before they get to the Big Ten as well. And if you look at things, I mean, I know every year you could break down different teams and the lay they got, the way things lay out for them in the conference, but Indiana with an especially tough schedule, you look at Illinois and the the draw they have for this season as far as conference games go, uh, while there's still some unknown about them, uh, they, I think, clearly out of that top-tier group of teams in the conference got the best uh, the best schedule for as far as conference games. Yeah, I, I really do like... Um... You know, the way Illinois' roster has been made up, they obviously lose Corbella to the transfer portal, uh, lose Alfonso Plummer, lose Kofi Coburn. But, um, you know, they did a good job in the transfer portal, I think, bringing in T.J. Shannon from Texas Tech, uh, Matthew Meyer from Baylor, uh, among other guys. So I just, you know, I think that they're definitely a team, when you just look at it in terms of preseason uh, you know, rankings and who could potentially challenge Indiana for that, who's going to be the preseason favorite. I think Illinois is definitely among that group. All right, talking with Tyler Talkman of the Indianapolis Star, a look at the Big Ten schedule for IU and other teams this year. Now that uh, the schedule is here, we know who plays who and when. Uh, other thoughts on the conference? I know we've talked some about the Hoosiers, of course, and about Illinois as well, but any other thoughts on now that you see the schedule, who could maybe challenge Indiana for Big Ten supremacy this season? Yeah, I think Michigan, Hunter Dickinson coming back, also bringing Princeton transfer, Jalen Llewellyn. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be good. Um, I, you know, I just think overall it just seems like the Big Ten, and this is just based solely off of the roster's preseason. Obviously things can change during the season, but I think that the Big Ten, it, you know, doesn't have quite the talent that it has the last few seasons where, you know, it's really seemed to be loaded top to bottom. 
Um, but you know, this season with with all of the all the departures, whether that be to the NBA or you know to the uh, to the uh, transfer portal, you know, I just it doesn't seem like the Big Ten is going to be as strong as it has in years past. I think you know maybe a sleeper. Uh, or I don't know if sleeper, but um, I, you know, I just think Iowa could be good as well. Um, with Chris Murray, you know, a lot of people possibly saying that he could have the type of breakout season that Keegan had last last year. So, um, you know, there could always be a team like like Wisconsin last season where you know there was really not many expectations going in, and, um, and you know they ended up having a great season. So. Um, I think just kind of top to bottom, maybe maybe not as much talent and not as good as teams as, as we've seen in years past. But um, you know, obviously it's a Big Ten, so you know, pretty much anything can happen. Tyler Talkman, the Indianapolis Star, joining us today, filling in for Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Tyler, we got to talk football because the Hoosiers have a big one coming up on Saturday with Western Kentucky at home. Now, it's not the game on the schedule that anybody probably circled when the schedule came out as far as being a big one, but based on Indiana's first-half performance against Idaho last week, I'm really curious to see how this Indiana team comes out and gets started against a much better than Idaho team in Western Kentucky. Yeah, I think that this game is going to tell us a lot about Indiana, and I guess you could kind of say that about the first two games of the season. But, um, you know, Western Kentucky hasn't lost a, a game. Um, and, you know, it's just it, it's still kind of hard hard to make of what this Indiana team is. I, I think that they have the potential to be, a, you know, an okay team, a pretty good team. Um, I think that there's still a lot of kind of moving parts that they need to figure out. Um, you know, yeah, it's just, I think that Indiana overall is maybe in a better, better place than, than they were in the beginning of the season in terms of them just, uh, gritting it out against Illinois and then against Idaho. And to me, the biggest things was last season, it seemed like whenever adversity hit, uh, they just kind of folded and we've seen them hit it twice in, in the first two games, um, uh, against Illinois, you know, they made, made that, 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 uh, drive at the end of the game to to win and um and you know, against idaho you obviously don't want to be down at halftime to them but they responded to adversity so that's two games and i think you know last year's team maybe maybe may not have had that same response so um you know as, as far as the kind of intangible characteristics i think that indiana has shown a lot more promise than they did last season What's your take on the first half performance against Idaho? Was it uh, Indiana just not clicking? Was it the rain? Was it a combination? Or do you think uh, that there is concern for Indiana fans to wonder uh, uh, how you get behind like that? I know that Indiana maybe never was in danger of losing the game, but the first half was sure poorly played by you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, I was there in person. It was probably worse or you know, as bad at least as it looked on TV. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was part, you know, Tom Allen talked about this the week prior about saying that, um, you know, he was trying to really make sure that guys didn't overlook um, Idaho. And, you know, I think he, he really tried to do that. And, you know, I don't know if he was fully successful um, with that. But I think that was part of it. I think the conditions were part of it. Obviously, Idaho is playing the same condition as Indiana, but, you know, it seemed to really affect, um, you know, what Indiana did offensively. So you know, I think it's a combination of, of a few of those things. Um, but, you know, 
that's just that's the type of performance that if you do that in a Big Ten game that you're not going to be able to recover. So, you know, like I said, I think it's promising that Indiana showed a lot of character in being able to come back and, and, and be able to deal with that adversity, but it's not ideal at all that they had it. They were put in that situation in the first place. So um, I think you can look at it either way. I think that, you know, Indiana, there's, there's, there's still a lot for Indi- that Indiana needs to uh, figure out. I think they're a better team than last season, but I think they're just still extremely inconsistent. Tyler Talkman, the Indianapolis Star, is my guest. Obviously, it's a big game. Indiana needs the victory before they head to a much tougher Cincinnati in week four of the season. And then it's Big Ten football the rest of the way for Indiana. So if Indiana's going to make any shot at a bowl game, uh, this Western Kentucky game, and really any game on the schedule where they are favored or it's even a 50-50 game, they're going to have to win to give themselves any kind of shot. Yeah, and to me, you know, the I felt like the, the game against Illinois um, was a huge indication of, you know, what direction the trajectory of the season. That's crazy, but I, you know, I just feel like that first game, there's so much emphasis on it, and we we're going to learn so much about, uh, you know, this Indiana team. And I think that by beating Illinois, you know, that makes beating Purdue seem more tangible. That seems beating Rutgers, beating Nebraska more tangible. I think if you lose that Illinois game, you're taking a hard look at that Big Ten schedule and saying, where, if any, are these wins going to come from? But I think by beating Illinois, that not only is going to give the team confidence, but it's going to make you know some of those wins uh, against Big Ten teams, not 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 the Michigans and Ohio State, but uh, you know some of the you know the the teams that Indiana can be more competitive with seem a little bit uh, more likely to happen. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Indiana, you know, this is a game that Indiana needs to win, and I think if it if they don't, um, you know, it could significantly hurt the trajectory of the season. But um, I think it's just about continuing to get more consistent because, you know, we've seen the offense just sputter and look really good and sputter and look really good. Uh, the defense has been overall, I think, really good. But uh, just from a consistency standpoint, um, in general, I think you know that's what Indiana. If they're going to tr- if they're going to get to a bowl game, that's what they need to do. All right, uh, Tyler. One other question for Con- Connor Basilak, the IU starter, every game so far this season. Have you seen enough from him, good and bad, to make an estimation on what he means to this team and what type of quarterback leader he's going to be for this team this season? Yeah, I think uh, you know so far in, in my eyes, he's been a lot of what Indiana lacked last season. Um, you know, someone that can can make the relatively simple throws, the quick throws. Um, you know, he's shown his ability at times to be able to do that. Now, I like I said before, I think the uh, consistency part of it um, is, is huge because we saw in the Idaho first half he was he was not good at all, and there were times um, against Illinois where he, you know, in the first half where he was not good. But then you also see the flashes in that game-winning drive against Illinois where he's tossing darts down the field, you know, same thing against Idaho. I think that it, at the times that he has looked good, he has looked really good. At the times he has looked bad, he has looked pretty bad. So I think that it's, um, if he can get more consistent and, and you know, put together those 
those strings it throws with more frequency. Um, to me, you know, I think Indiana could be in a pretty good place given given how their defense has played. So, um, yeah, I think it's just really about consistency. You know, I, I, I've liked what I've seen in the times that he has been good, uh, and the offense has actually been a little bit fun to watch, which, you know, you couldn't really say that much last season. But, um, yeah, I think it's just about, you know, stringing those those throws together with more consistency. Tyler, are you keeping up with everything out of Nebraska? Scott Frost fired, and there have been some really kind of nasty things come out about him uh, from some involved with the program since his departure here right in the middle, really the early part of the season. Have you kept up with that as far as who maybe some candidates could be to replace him? Nebraska, a great program in college football some years ago, but since their arrival in the Big Ten Conference, things have sure looked different for them. Yeah, I've... uh... I've kept up with it a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, obviously the, the fans did not seem to be happy with the, the way that uh, none of the program was heading. And, you know, I, I watched uh, some of that uh, season opener uh, between Northwestern and, and Nebraska. And, uh, you, know, losing, you know, losing to Northwestern is, is not going to do much favors for Scott Frost. I, I haven't really looked a whole lot into, you know, who the potential candidates could be. But, you know, I think that, in some ways that, you know, when you look at that job, it's, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it. And, uh, and for a program that has kind of really struggled of, of recent years. Um, and, you know, I, I think also some of the things that I've seen that are favors about, I know there's a whole controversy earlier about, uh, you know, him kind of talking about the, the linemen throwing up per practice. I don't think that was necessarily a great look. So, um, yeah, I mean, interested to see you know how the rest of the season goes with the with the interim head coach but uh yeah that's that's definitely a a unique storyline in the big time yeah, for sure. Tyler Tockman of the Indianapolis Star. Tyler, again, thank you for filling in for Alex, and congratulations once again on your new job with the Star. We look forward to continuing to read your IU coverage, and uh, we'll talk to you soon from time to time. All right. Thank you very much. All right, Tyler Tockman with us here in segment number two today. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with me. We've got local sports and high school football to chat about. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. We've got local sports and some high school football to chat about for Friday night. Josh, first off, thanks for being with us. No show Wednesday. You were kind enough to flip to Thursday and help us preview the weekend. But gearing up for another big week of high school football, Charlestown undefeated, the big favorite in our area, and hard to believe week five games are on tap for Friday night. Yeah, it is, uh, you know, not, uh, I don't know if a few weeks ago if we would have said, or before the season started, if we said uh, in week five we're going to have a battle of unbeatens and it's going to be Charlestown and Providence, I don't know if I would have 
you know, thought that, but, you know, Charlestown obviously would, would, uh, you know, we, we thought might be here, but Providence is kind of a surprise. So, you know, congratulations to Coach McDonald on a great start. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously the most impressive team so far has been, has been Charlestown. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, they, uh, they're off to a great start playing really well. And, uh, you know, they're going to try to keep things going, uh, Friday at Providence. Josh Cook is my guest talking local sports here in this segment. You know, there have been a lot of injuries this season in high school football. I know you had a story on that earlier in the week, but every year, you know, you're used to injuries in the physical sport of football, but this year seems to have hit our immediate area, including some really key players, very hard. Yeah, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, obviously they are part of the game, um, but yeah, it, it seems like this year there have just been, Several of several key players on on some of the area teams that have uh, uh, you know uh, affected uh, affected those squads. Uh, most of the most of the area teams have lost you know at least one at least one key player. Um, you know uh, uh, we've, we've got uh, you know mentioned s- several of them in the story, but you know they Mitchell Bernardi, uh, Floyd Central running back, has been out since week one. Uh, he got injured in the first game against Mayo, so he's been out for the last three weeks. So I, uh, I haven't heard from Coach Bragg if he's going to play this week or not. But I talked to him the other day, and he uh, he said you know he, you know he hoped uh, he hoped he might be back. So we'll see if he's back. But you know uh, Jeffersonville's had some injuries, so they're running back and quarterback. You know, and the, so that those two teams, Floyd Central and Jeff, you know, face off Friday night, and both of them. Uh, have have had some have had some injury issues and uh, you know hopefully hopefully they're at full strength uh, you know we'll see on on the field there Friday night but uh, you know it's uh, it's tough with uh, with kids getting banged up we know it's it's uh, you know it's, it's part of the game but you know it's it's tough on some of these teams so far this season. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. A lot of the things we talk about, you can read about in the News and Tribune, their website, newsandtribune.com slash sports, and, of course, in the daily print edition uh, of the newspaper. Josh, uh, one other uh, local point to discuss, Cole Hewitt of Providence made a commitment over the weekend to Division I Virginia, another baseball commitment here from our immediate area in southern Indiana. And I know I mentioned this on the show earlier in the week, but it's just amazing the number of local players we've had in baseball specifically that are currently playing Division One baseball uh, or have committed to Division One baseball. And Hewitt, just a sophomore, uh, already has his destination set in the ACC conference. Pretty remarkable, really, for this area. Yeah, it's that's great to to go ahead and get that out of the way. You know, we've, we've mentioned it several times, but you know, Tucker Biffin committed to U of L before uh, he ever played a high school game, but now you know he's getting ready. Or he just was suiting up last weekend, I believe, for the Cardinals. They were doing some some uh, some fall games, so uh, you know, he it, it just the sooner you can get it out of the way, I guess, the better. And uh, some of these kids are taking advantage of that. So you know, kudos to them for having that opportunity. You know. Uh, uh, Brett Denby of Jeff, he's been committed for a long time, and and uh, Bishop Letts of Floyd, he's he's committed, uh, you know, to Purdue. He committed last year, so uh, you know, some of these some of these kids are taking advantage of that opportunity to to go ahead and get it out of the way, and you know, that, that's great for them where they don't have to worry about it, and you know, can just 
concentrate on playing baseball. And, you know, and we've, uh, we've talked about all the, um, all the pros we've got from this area too. You know, we've got, uh, Drew Ellis and Drew Campbell and, and Josh Rogers and, and Gabe Beerman and, uh, now Timmy Borden. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, I think it just speaks to the, uh, level of baseball that's played in this area just to have from these, uh, from these two counties, small counties in Southern Indiana to, to, um, you know, having, having, uh, five guys now, I believe, playing minor league baseball. So, uh, you know, that's, that's just outstanding. Absolutely. Talking with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Speaking of baseball, a new hire earlier in the week approved by the school board, Shane Stock, is going to replace Derek Ellis, who earlier in the summer announced his retirement from coaching. Stock, I think, really a no-brainer for this job, Josh. He has formerly been the head coach at Hanover and Transylvania, so uh, has college experience, but also comes from a family of baseball here in southern Indiana. His father, Wayne Stock, the legendary coach for many, many years at Clarksville, who's a member of the Indiana Baseball Hall of Fame. In fact, you guys at the News and Tribune just recently recognize Coach Stock, uh, Wayne Stock, as your Lifetime Achievement Award winner with the Netsby Awards the, earlier in the summer. But uh, I think a no-brainer hire for Jeffs. Shane comes in with a lot of experience and someone that's known as a baseball guy and a coach here in the area. Yeah, great uh, great, great pedigree, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, he's he's got all that uh, experience. You know, and that's, you know, coaching it. As you mentioned, Hanover in Transylvania. Then growing up, uh, you know, watching his dad coach for forever. So that's, you know, that's a big uh, a big gift for Jeff. And uh, you know, I'm sure sure he'll do well to carry on the um, tradition that Coach Ellis uh, established there. And uh, you know, it's he he just uh, he's taken over, and I think he'll uh, he'll he'll be able to carry on that uh, winning tradition of the Red Devils, I think. You know, uh, like I said, Brett Denby's going to be a senior this year. So, you know, they, there's plenty of talent for uh, for Coach Stock. And, uh, uh, you know, you can go ahead and say they're going to be a contender in that Class 4A sectional and for the Hoosier Hills Conference uh, title, I believe, again. So, you know, it's, uh, he's, uh, he's stepping into a good situation, that's for sure. All right, Josh, uh, we've talked about football, a little off-season baseball stuff as well. I mentioned earlier in the show, big soccer game coming up tonight. We don't talk a lot of soccer here on the show, but New Albany and Floyd Central are going to play boys and girls tonight. That's always a rivalry game, but tonight has a little extra special meaning. You did a, a nice feature piece on that that came out in today's paper. Yeah, really a great uh... – a great night at Green Valley uh, tonight. They're they're playing for the uh, suicide awareness and prevention. Um, you know, um, as, as several many people know, uh, Elena Walker, a senior at New Albany, she lost her her younger sister to uh, suicide in January. So, um, the, this game is usually played for uh, breast cancer awareness, or it has been in the past, uh, but. But this year uh, they decided to do suicide prevention and awareness for that reason. Uh, um, uh, Floyd Central's new coach, uh, Jamie, has coached uh, has coached Elena Walker in the past, and his daughter Alyssa Oxner has has um, been been her teammate in the past. So, 
it was actually his wife who came up with the idea, and then he approached New Albany about uh, you know switching it to suicide prevention. So they, um, you know, they've been working hard to do that, and they're, you know, they're going to have, um, you know, they're going to accept uh, monetary donations tonight, and they're going to have raffles, uh, just trying to raise money for that. And uh, you know, it's uh, obviously something that's that's affected New Albany, and uh, you know, it it affects, you know. Uh, high schools and and uh, just school districts around the around the state around the country. So, you know, they're trying to uh, um, get you know raise awareness for it, and it's just a uh, it's just hopefully going to be a, a great night, and a, hopefully a huge crowd comes out for this thing, and uh, you know they can raise a lot of money, and 100 percent of proceeds are uh, you know going to the it's called the Jed Foundation. Um, you know, that goes into schools, uh, high schools and colleges and, and, uh, you know, tries to, tries to help the, help the young people and, uh, her battling mental illness or, uh, you know, um, help, uh, help the administrators and the teachers and coaches, you know, deal with students who are having problems, having issues. So, you know, it's, um, it should be a, it should be a great night. You know, it's for a great cause and, uh, hopefully a lot of people can turn out tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, all right, we've previewed football for week five. Uh, what's the big game of the week, and where will you be on Friday night? Yeah, well, obviously the the biggest game is the Battle of the Unbeatens, you know, uh, Providence and Charlestown. Uh, you know, it's going to be uh, – uh, it, it should be a great great atmosphere at uh, Murphy Stadium on Friday for, for that one. Uh, you know, Providence, uh, you know, has had that – has had that injury bug that uh, you know has been some of the teams with, with Carter Landon, uh, the quarterback was out uh, is out for uh, six to eight weeks, I believe, with the with the broken wrist. But uh, you know Preston Kemp stepped up uh, very well for him last week in uh, in the big win over Clarksville. So we'll we'll see if he can uh, he can keep keep that going. Uh, you know, trap that uh, trap that magic again. So. Uh, but that'll be a huge game, you know. Charlestown is 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 rolling. Uh, you know, Jason Hawkins has got that got that team ro- rolling right along so far this year. Um, you know, last week they they handled uh, handled North Harrison fairly easily, uh, somewhat surprising. So, you know, they they just keep on uh, chugging along, and and as we've talked about on this show before, you know, it looks like they they could be well on their way to an undefeated uh, regular season. So. They uh, they got all the momentum in the world right now. They're just they're just rolling, um, and you know it's they got um, a really really uh, dynamic offense with uh, Clay McClellan running the running the ship. Um, so it's it's going to be a, a tall task for Providence, but uh, I think it'll be a competitive game. Uh, but obviously, I think um, I think Charleston will come out on top. But you know, I, I think it'll be a, a you know a very good game. Um, I, I think actually I'm going to be at the uh, uh, Jeff and Floyd Central game on Friday night. Uh, two two teams that that really need a win. You know Jeff hasn't hasn't had that win yet this year, and you know they've only played three games, but still they they have a couple of close losses to um, in their first two games. So you know they're trying to get trying to get healthy, trying to get right. So hopefully. Uh, uh, Nick Schindler and uh, Zion Mansfield are able to play this Friday night for him. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see uh, for Floyd too. You know, Floyd's, had, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Mitch Bernardi has been out, so 
you know they uh, they've had some injury issues as well. So hopefully, hopefully these teams can get uh, can get healthy or as healthy as they can for for the second half of the season. Which uh, you know this I guess it's kind of begins the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, see you at a football game on Friday. Thanks for the chat today. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Pat. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. Thank you so much for being with us. Don't forget to catch us as a podcast if you missed the live show or you want to go back and hear an interview. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts. I'll talk with you Friday at 11 a.m. here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.